0: Welcome to Find Your Center. I'm Kim Perrone, Certified Life Coach, here today with Lori and Tisha of the Slightly Unmeditated podcast. Welcome, ladies. Good to see you.
1: Glad to be back. Absolutely glad to be here. Episode three. Holy cow.
0: Wow. So excited. Today's topic is Mindfulness. Thinking about taking the mystery, myths, confusion, uh, all that that we think about out of mindfulness and discuss it a bit today. So I'm going to start with a question. Is your mind full or are you mindful? Hmm.
2: Depends on the moment.
1: (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) There's percentages here, I'm sure of it.
2: (laughs) Where's our pie chart?
0: (laughs) There's actually a cute graphic um, that's quite popular of a little cartoon guy walking his dog. And there's a, a little thought cloud on the one side, and it's just full of cars and desks and computers and everything to, to, to picture uh, all the things he's thinking about. And then there's a little cloud on the other side that's just seeing the image of him walking the dog. And so I always think of that image when I think of mindful and of course we have a lot in our minds and, and this, we've talked about this before. It's not about emptying your mind completely and not having thoughts. It's more about being mindful that you aren't your thoughts. You don't always need to be overflowing with thoughts And a major cause of overwhelm and energy drain that I see as a coach is is overthinking. And one of the ways I like to, to describe it is if you were in your house and you had every light switch on in the house and then you put something in the microwave to warm up and then you plugged in the vacuum... What would happen? Blow fuse, maybe? Blow your fuse. At least my house. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. My house, I'd blow a fuse. And our brains are like that. And a lot of people are walking around feeling really uh, like the fuse is blowing, feeling overloaded. And it's because we're thinking about stuff all the time. Our brains like to be. Where we aren't, Mm. which is a bit counterintuitive. Our brain, when we're at work, is thinking about home. And at home, it's thinking about work because it's always trying to escape the present moment.
2: That's interesting. What do we know why? I mean, I hate to put you on the spot, but it's like, why does it do that?
0: It's always scanning the world for problems. So before we had mentioned the negativity bias, so a little bit of our evolution there. I think we are uncomfortable with the present moment. I think in our modern society doesn't seem like enough. It's not enough. Our brain likes complexity, not simplicity. I even had someone Say to me about mindfulness, it just seems it's just so big, almost like I don't have time to understand it. It's just such a big concept and it's just everywhere. And so, as thinking that it was complicated, and I said, It's actually very simple. It's so simple, your brain doesn't like it. So, I'm going to define it for you. Mindfulness is being aware of the present moment non-judgmentally. So it seems like we're doing this all the time, but we are rarely in the present moment. We're in our thoughts. We're thinking about the future and think, or that last conversation we had and the non-judgmental part that really trips us up. Our brains Mm -hmm. want to evaluate everything. And I know that I've mentioned that before because this is, it's very core. So you're going to get more and more accustomed to this language and more and more able to control your level of mindfulness.
1: Beautiful. I actually had a weekend of mindfulness. I didn't feel like doing anything. So I just kind of laid around, but I judged myself the entire time. I know the difference because I've had great weekends where I've just like, yes, living in the moment. But this weekend was not one of those weekends. So this is a very appropriate topic. And I will take any advice you can give. (laughs) Well,
0: one of the best ways I interrupt that because I get that too. And I know I need to relax and I know I need to chill out. I'm someone, I'm going to admit it right now, recorded. That I need a lot of downtime and I need alone time. And I am such an avid reader that I need to be doing that a lot of that.
2: Oh, I love it. So. Thank you for that <laughs> confession online to our millions of listeners. <laughs> normalize <laughs> so. the hell out of that. Normal. Yes, let's normalize the hell out of that one. Yes, I love that. Empowerment for mindfulness.
0: That's right. So it's funny because people will say, Kim, oh, man, how do you read so much? And I say, because I sit on my butt a lot more than you do. <laughs> but because of all that judgment, though, think about it. So exactly what Tisha, exactly what you were just saying is you, you've you had times when you're able to do it, do that, recharge, have that kind of a weekend, doing whatever, not doing that you want to do. But this past weekend you were doing it, you were trying to do it and you were getting a lot of inner critic and in the judgments. Very much so. Mm -hmm. So the, you, I give you permission and I give all the listeners permission to interrupt that inner critic with mindfulness and remind your brain that it doesn't need to judge every little thing it doesn't need to judge you one of the best ways i stop it in its tracks and notice i'm talking about it like i'm two people because we did talk about the two selves so you have the thinking the ego as we call it in coaching and you have your being the essence of who you are this part of you that's always always okay the thinker is like are we okay are we doing enough to be okay are we good enough to be okay and i like to interrupt it and remind my ego, that I really need to do this downtime in whatever form it is, and that I will be twice as effective when I go back to my busy schedule.
1: Because theoretically, if you're just running thoughts through your head all weekend, that's not really resting. That's Mm -hmm. not
0: relaxing. That could be twice as exhausting.
2: Yeah. Yeah. absolutely we're not in the moment of the peace or relaxation or downtime and then i wonder why am i so exhausted i've done nothing but you didn't do anything and that is what i say to people a lot of the time because nine times out of ten if somebody says oh i didn't do anything i did nothing all day and i say well tell me exactly what was nothing and then they'll list at least 10 things they did. Yeah. Oh, well, I did laundry, I did this, I did that. Why was that nothing? No, that's stuff. I mean, we're all we also are a society of minimizing what we're doing. Mm-hmm. And and then that it just reinforces the judgment. Yeah. I, I kind of ran into it where I was like, I really needed to get laundry done. And then I set myself like, okay, and then I'm gonna re-read as my reward but I ran out of time. My laundry (laughs) took longer than I thought it was going to. And, and it, and I was disappointed. I was like, Oh, I mean, I needed to get it done, but you know, in our society, it's, it's really hard. And that's why I'm so grateful that you put that out there, Kim, just to say what you were saying, because we have so much to do. We, We we, we have to start taking this seriously for our, our wellness to be able to um, see that not everything has to be done this week. So, you know, that's my Two cents in there, so <laughs> thanks for listening to that.
0: Absolutely. Well, Jon Kabat-Zinn, who is often known as the the father of mindfulness in the West, he brought it from the East in the late seventies to treat patients. He is a medical doctor, and he created mindfulness based stress reduction for chronic um, chronically in pain patients, and he has a a number of, obviously he has a lot to say and he has studies and, and, uh, he's worked with many, many patients and he's pretty well known. He, in, in one of his, um, clips, he'll say, where are we all rushing off to? And it's one that I hang on to. If you think about it in the big picture, we do need to do our chores and we do need to do our work and we need to help our family and we need to recognize that life is busy. But when it is time to rest or be in the moment and enjoy it, we can tell, say that to our ego. Where am I rushing off to? Where are we rushing off to? That's so important because on our deathbed, we'll go, I should have enjoyed things more. Mm. And so just as a reminder, if you're today um, lost in too many thoughts, the, in, in some of those thoughts, some of those thoughts, let's face it, people, <laughs> 90% of those thoughts are judgmental, judgmental against yourself, lacking in self-compassion. I want you to know that really mindfulness can be the pathway to more authenticity and more success and more achievement. Because if we are too lost in thought, we will not hear our inner guidance. We will not operate with clarity. We will become less and less conscious and rushing and not listening to people and not hearing people. And I just, I think of a personal example that I want to share. Years ago, my sister Um, was emailing me from Connecticut, and I'm in New York, and she was going to come visit here, but I thought I was going there. And I was your classic busy business professional, and I was doing a million things at once, uh, a mom and working and sending thousands of emails every day. This may sound familiar to some of the (laughs) listeners. And at one point in our email exchange, She wrote in all capitals, Kim, stop skimming Mm. because I kept getting the details wrong. I'm going there. No, she's trying to tell me she's coming here to visit. And I just, I guess I I don't remember the specifics, but I, I was replying and she could tell I didn't get it and I was skimming the emails and not really understanding.
2: That's a pet peeve of mine. Well, and that one hurts because, and, and good for her for calling you out on it.
0: Yes, she did. Yeah, I mean, thank her.
2: God for siblings, you know, I mean, we will, I, you know, I tend to call my sibling out on some stuff too. So, you know, it all works out that way, but. So,
1: so did your world explode at that moment? Was it, was that like, a, or were you like mad? Like, you don't know what you're talking about, kind of.
0: I I was a little embarrassed, and I was like, "Wow, oh my gosh, you're right." I just I, here was just a series of me getting details wrong and screwing up the information, and I appreciated <laughs> the all caps and all the exclamation marks at the end of <laughs> "Stop Skimming." And I I think of that to me, even to this day, it's a symbol for me of. Fast is not better. Sometimes fast is sloppy. Sometimes fast and more is messy and confusing.
1: Um, you know what? I, I re- go ahead. Oh,
2: go ahead. No, uh, I, I want you to finish because my thought is a little different. Laurie, go ahead. Oh, well, I was just going to say when I rush through an activity. Like, I'm thinking about cooking, okay, because I did start ordering one of this, like, home, everything gets delivered, I have everything I need, right? It's all measured out, I just have to do some prep. I am going to tell you what, though, I really do have to actively slow myself down to read the instructions. They're broken down pretty, pretty much. So, the fact that I have to break them down even more is really, it's 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 like almost a comprehension problem. And... <laughs> You know, I know telling. Tish is laughing because she gets the same thing. So Tish and I, I'm on like on
1: step three, and then I'm like, "What's this bag for?" Okay, oh. so
2: perfect example. I just have to <laughs> share a funny story here because last week I was making something. Um, I forget what the main dish was. Oh, well, it was chicken, and then it had. It kept saying roasted broccoli, roasted broccoli, roasted broccoli, but I had broccoli and spinach, and I'm like, "Well, it doesn't say anything about spinach." But it must be in them with the broccoli. I don't know why they're just calling it roasted broccoli. I threw it all together. Threw it all together. The broccoli and the spinach. Whatever. The, the spinach was going in the sauce at the end. It was. <laughs> oh my God. At the very last thing I read. You know. And now saute the spinach. And I'm like. Son of a bitch. <laughs> what? Roasted. Where was I getting? They didn't even talk about spinach. And I'm just like throwing it in. And I'm just. Like, so now I have to sit, I have to, I, I don't want to do like, again, it wasn't the end of the world. I didn't beat myself up, but this it is was one,
0: for the this spinach.
2: Is, <laughs> <laughs> <right>? <laughs> it was a little crispy. <laughs> I thought it was kind of unusual. Yeah. But, you know, I'm open-minded, so.
0: It's all, it's all good, Lori.
2: <laughs> That's just, but my brain is just going, it's seeing things that aren't there, it's implying things, it's making stuff up. I'm burning myself because I'm trying to find my pot holders because I don't slow down. That was
1: like the perfect story example you probably could have given. That was a great example. And what I liked what Kim said about her confession was that you need a lot of time, a lot of downtime, a lot of recharge time. um, Because I don't think – I think it takes a brave person these days to admit that I need a lot. And you helped me admit that to myself, like having a set schedule – I'm accountable to no one, but I still feel like I've got to get out of bed. Oh, it's 830. I've got gotta for what? Like nobody cares except my dogs, maybe. But outside of that responsibility, it's all in my head. And even after all these years, my daughter's not even in school anymore. Like there's no bus schedule. There's no nothing. And it's still that uh, critic in my head, the judgmental part that says, no, you've got to get up and do this and do that. Nobody's watching me. At least I hope not, but <laughs> nobody's calculating it. So why am I, why am I still doing those things?
0: Right. And sometimes it's our training from an earlier time. So for anyone out there who's listening, who's right in the thick of life, I mean, you're juggling kids, their school, their sports, your work, your spouse, your cooking, all the things that we're talking about thrown together and you're thinking, yeah, okay, easier said than done. I'm going to admit it is easier said than done because this is how we fall into multitasking, that multitasking that spreads a little bit too much to always multitasking. Because in the thick of life, in, in certain time periods in your life, no matter what the conditions are, is you sometimes you really are running too fast. And the way again, I always have these visuals. So when I was eight years old, I was running on the playground and I fell and I hit my teeth on the railroad ties like maze type thing that there was. And so to this day, when I am rushing and busy and rushing around, I get that image. I go, I feel like, so I'm, I'm symbolically going to fall on my face. Mm -hmm. I'm going to fall on my face. And actually, I don't know, like a week or so ago, I did because I was looking up at my window and I was all on a walk almost home. And I did actually trip. And I thought, well, I should have been looking where I was walking. So I wasn't mindful of walking then. But so I do. I know if my mother was listening, she'd be like, Kim has fallen on her face a lot, so <laughs> literally and symbolically. So if you're out there listening and you're running as fast as you can and you need to multitask because so many people are counting on you and there's, you are completely overflowing and overloaded. You're like a lot of my clients. so and and I commend you for all that you're doing. You're a talented, wonderful person. That's how you've attracted this much. And so, but there's still hope because we can peel the layers. it It really just takes a little bit of time and commitment that someone could do with with a coach or or with a valued mentor or friend to peel the layers because we need to eliminate some energy wasters. Mm-hmm. and find where we can single task because the effectiveness isn't always there when we multitask for our our brain. It's just too taxing on our brain. So there are things you have to multitask and then there are things you don't, times you should block for focused work. And then you could use mindfulness to get into the flow of an activity, even if it's work or something hard and get into an enjoyment and a better brain state while you're doing that.
2: Wow. That's I'm take I'm taking this class. Yeah, that's <laughs> like everybody who's listening, I think if you are at a place where you can rewind and listen to that, like I don't know, I think I'm gonna listen to that last few minutes just like once a day. <laughs> you you said that so beautifully. And all I kept thinking, and I have a, I don't know what it is, but, um, I get a fear if I'm running, if I'm moving too fast, I, I, especially down steps, I have a fear of falling down steps. And Mm. I have done that a couple of times because I'm, I'm literally, my mind is moving faster than my body is. And I think there's some disconnect. Mm. Like, I don't know how that happens, but it does, it just does. And the other thing that I do is I tend to be moving so fast and I know this happens to other, because my coworkers, we've run into each other literally. And it's a it's a significant hit. <laughs> I mean, we're we're literally running into each other at work because we're moving so quickly to get somewhere. And I've I've had to stop myself. Like I'm gonna hurt somebody, you know what I mean? You've literally
0: bumped into each other. Yeah,
2: I I was actually, I used to be more mindful of it when I worked in the hospital because we had a lot of different people coming in and out of the hallways. Here in this environment I work in, it's a little bit different. So I kind of got lost on that. But then I would dart out of my office and people would be coming, you know, like, and I'm like, I'm going to take somebody out. Like, (laughs) this is not good. I need to slow down. But we're always on a mission.
1: Yeah, I think you both said something so it doesn't go unnoticed, but as two mindful people, one of whom teaches mindfulness, you both said that here was a situation I was in where I wasn't mindful. So like even an expert in mindfulness and a person who practices it in other so many other aspects of her life, I also am like that. You still have those moments, those looking up at the window moments and, you know, your brain just immediately goes somewhere else and then that's how you trip or bump into someone else. Um so it's constantly a practice. It's not something you're ever going to master. And I think people maybe shy away from it because they're like, "Oh god, something else I've got to learn, something mm. else I have to do," you know. It's
0: almost an unlearning. Mm. It's an unlearning the visual of actually falling on your face or bumping into a coworker's the the visual of hurting someone or hurting yourself is something we can use as a tool to help us be more mindful is is that we can be hurting ourselves even th- though it's not literal and it's it's symbolic fast is not always better more is not always better there is something to be said by focus about focus and we know for anyone who's familiar with flow or ecstatic engagement these optimal states athletes work to get into or they don't have to work cuz they love what they do they everything else falls away and they're completely focused and people, when they're doing their hobby, their favorite thing to do, they tend to find that flow state and we can find it in work and family life too. But that is putting some extra weight on focus as opposed to this trained distraction that we all feel like we were, we've been led down this path that we're supposed to be multitasking all the time. Because doing one thing is just not enough.
2: Oh, it's it's so true, and a couple of things come to mind. Is one, I I do start to feel guilty, um, and it's a trigger for me, my inner critic, when I'm at work and I have to take time to process stuff. It's a a trigger for myself because I I do know, being that I I work with people, and there's energy exchange. And a conversation with a student that I'm having, listening to what they're telling me about, whether it's school related or outside or whatever it is that I'm I'm focusing on. That when they leave, those uh, the energy, the the feelings, um, just things come up for me whether it's about the student in the school that I have to address something or just the way I feel, I get very, um, uh, passionate or fired up emotionally when, um, the, you know, the, the young students are, are saying things to me that I've learned the hard way and I want to impart on them. Um, you know, not that I can exempt them from their, from their journey, but I want to share with them, like oh, geez, you know, there's another way. And, and it, it, I have to deal with those feelings
0: Mm -hmm.
2: now. And then I have to process like, what's my next move? What do I need to address again? If there's, you know, some disruption happening in class or something, I've got to take time and I feel guilty and I've, I've done things outwardly. Like I'll put papers in front of me or I'll do something to make it look like I'm working.
0: But really, because you're I'm thinking, afraid, you yeah, because process. I'm afraid
2: people will see me and think, oh, Lori's just sitting there doing nothing. You know what I mean? Uh, that, and I own that. You know, <laughs> no, I own that. That's crazy. Just but scare out the believe, window. Right. I've got to believe that other people, yeah, <laughs> other people have experienced this. And then how do we, you know, again, that being authentic, honoring ourselves, like having the courage to live authentically. This is one of the ways that we show up to, in the bravery department. You know, it's not always running into a, fi- a, a an on-fire building and saving someone. It's like sitting at my desk thinking and feeling like I need to be showing people I'm working. I mean, this is how I show up to be brave each day.
0: <laughs> you and many other people, thank you for sharing that example. It is what a perfect example of those those smaller ways that go unnoticed, even by ourselves, of being brave and doing what you need to do to take care of yourself. And so that and I it also brings up something we should talk about under mindfulness which is there's thinking and there's thinking. So when I'm when I'm saying being mindful versus mindful of stuff is it's never again it's never about just completely emptying your mind although we get to moments in meditation if we're truly just focusing our attention on breathing, or being still, we get more of those moments. But really, there's two different kinds of thinking there's using your brain to do the task. And then there's that thinking of being where else other, you know, somewhere else, somewhere else in your thoughts. And that kind of reminds me a bit of some key aspects of mindfulness that I thought I might want to share. Um, I share these quite often, and I think that they're not necessarily, um, not all of them are terms that we understand from the perspective of mindfulness or even our Western (laughs) culture.
2: Here, here, the sirens? Can you hear the sirens? Yeah, I, guess. I, I, oh, sorry. I tried to. I tried to mute my mic, but it didn't happen fast enough. So here's really important. See, this is like, listen, the sirens have spoken. That's yes, it. that's
0: it. It was just this nice segue. The sirens came and now I'm going to talk about key aspects of mindfulness. <laughs> <laughs> so the very first and one of my favorites is beginner's mind. And beginner's mind is looking at something or taking something in with awe and wonder, like the innocence of a child. And we live in a culture that highly, highly values the expert mind. And the older we get too, as we're mature adults adulting, we, we also, expertise is valued, it's good, our resumes build. So expertise is great, not taking anything away from it, but beginner's mind is amazing too. We can't always walk around so serious and missing the awe and wonder of life in the moment. I have another mom story. So mom, uh, looking out, uh, hopefully I didn't use this example because I, I do a lot, but anyway, You'll all bear with me if I've said this before. We'll
2: remind you if you did. That's okay. I'm sure we need to hear it again if we heard it. Exactly. Yes. Yes. So
0: beginner's mind on a plane taking a trip. uh, And she looked out the window and she said the clouds were like a cone, like upside down ice cream cones. And she's like, oh, Kim, I wonder. Wonder what makes the clouds like that? Have you ever seen clouds like that? I've never seen clouds like that. Get your camera, take a picture of those clouds. And I started to chuckle (laughs) because I thought, Mom, you're a 68 year old woman who's seen lots of clouds, and you're getting all excited about this, and you're interested, and you're wondering. It was beginner's mind. She was looking at clouds like she'd never seen clouds before. So mindful. So curious, which is another aspect. So beginner's mind, allowing yourself to look at things with awe and wonder as if you are seeing them with fresh eyes. Curiosity, we can always take non-judgment and to be mindful, we should be non-judgmental. We can shift it into curiosity. So we might feel like somebody was just rude and or did something wrong. But we could shift it into curious. I wonder why they did that. I'm curious as to what the scenario was. Of course,
1: our slightly unmeditated episode that's going to drop the same week (laughs) as this episode, we talk about curiosity and having that. And it actually, Lori was telling a story about her mom, and it made me realize why I've had so many jobs and taken so many paths in life. is just because I'm super curious. And I love that about me. And and it's very frustrating when I don't have something to be curious about. So that was a nice reminder to like keep looking at the clouds and finding what you know, what can I make out of those clouds?
0: Yes. And, uh, curiosity, beginner's mind, curiosity, and then non-judgment. You see how they all work together. Because if you feel judgmental and this can make us aggravated and this can leave us. Um, mindless, if you will, because we tend to ruminate. So when we get judgmental, we tend to ruminate on these things, these negative things. Great way to stay out of it is to get curious. Another way is another quality or key aspect of mindfulness, which is acceptance. Say it again. (laughs) Acceptance. We suffer when we do not accept what is uh, the isness of things
2: that is as so Eckhart Tolle says. <laughs> so true, so true.
1: I don't want to. I don't want to untangent anything. But this has been the question since Laurie used her example about work and having to process afterwards. Part of her acceptance would be not having to put those busy papers in front of her face, right? I was mm-hmm. so. I wanted to ask this question. Right off the bat, but I figured I'd let you go through your points and then, but now we're back to it. So, <laughs> should she, is that practicing her authenticity to just sit there with her eyes closed or whatever it is without looking quote unquote busy because that's authentically what she d- is doing? Or is it still an okay thing to kind of put some papers in front of her because it makes her feel better about? about her processing but she's still looking like she's working do you see do you know my question
0: I do know your question and I think we could practice curiosity to see who says something to you about it Mm. so and your courage right (laughs) so it is it is a combo of acceptance and curiosity next time don't make it look like you're doing busy work while you're thinking and processing Do just sit there and do nothing and get curious to see if somebody gives you a look, if somebody says something.
2: Then I think of Brene Brown and that (laughs) gives me an opportunity to dare greatly and live my authenticity. You know, then I get to share it with the person who's wondering like, well, it doesn't look like you're doing anything. And I can say, Oh, why is that? <laughs> you know? And no, <laughs> yeah. as a matter of fact, I was really thinking about something and I needed to take the downtime, the quiet time to just sit and reflect mm-hmm. on some things. I found and then that you when could
0: I share that. Sorry, Tisha. No, no, it's fine. Mm-hmm. I
1: found that when I stay true to my authenticity, which is sort of a new thing. I mean, I've been authentic, but not necessarily living authentically for for very long. Um and I feel better. I realize the power in that, and that's why I asked this question because I hoped Kim would give that answer, so that that when you went back to work, that you felt comfortable just taking five minutes of meditation, meditative thinking, or not thinking. I mean, you know enough about meditation to to do to do that for five minutes, and just like have that downtime, so that those papers just become obsolete, and that you truly get what you need out of that. Um, Because, again, being a mindful person, you still
2: need those reminders like, oh, yeah, that's that could work. Right. Absolutely. Absolutely. And and I also recognize that there are steps in doing something. So, you know, we are um, living in this world and we there are cultures, you know, there's cultural, informal and formal rules And, you know, different workplaces. So um, I'm grateful that the three of us are very real people who are living in this world. And we have these examples because, and and interestingly enough, earlier when you had said, Kim, that you're two people, um, I can also see that we are also two people in the sense that you are a helping professional and you are also a human being as you. So we put that hat on in our professional roles and we can see things definitely in a different way than we can when it's our own selves doing it, you know? Oh, so yeah. yeah, we get lots so, of practice
0: being absolutely. human beings also. And then it, and as a coach, uh, in anyone in the helping profession, I, I mean, we're walking the walk too. We can't just be talking the talk.
2: Yeah. yeah.
0: I'm wrestling <laughs> with these concepts every day myself. And
2: Absolutely. And we know what it's like and how hard it is. And so my, my message to the listeners is like, if you are feeling overwhelmed, even by this conversation and you're thinking, oh my gosh, where do I start? That's when, you know, you dial the phone to a helping professional or to a friend who understands and share some of these feelings because, you know, and that's why accepting where we are and how we are also will open the, you know, we, we, that's our vibration we're putting out. So then we're attracting something that's going to come into our life. Maybe something, some way is going to come into our life. That's just going to give us a, a little bit of like relief. Yeah. Are you thinking yeah. of something, Tisha? You look like yeah. you have an example or something.
1: No, I say this to you again, because I think that you sitting and taking that five minutes in your chair without the busy work, someone else is going to see that and say, wow, I I need to do that. And then you be the change that you want to start by being who you are. And so you know, the very next time, which could be tomorrow, which would be amazing because you'll still remember. The way it goes for us, it probably will be tomorrow. (laughs) Yeah. But then you become that example, you know, and you Are confident in that. And then that's when everybody else is like, why the hell do I look busy all the time? I need to sit and like decompress and then maybe everybody stop running into
0: each other in the hallway. Yeah. And then when the big boss comes around and says, what the hell is everyone doing? Why are you doing? Why don't you look busy? (laughs) You can say, call Kim. (laughs) (laughs)
1: Listen to (laughs) this next next week episode. You'll you'll know everything (laughs) that's happening.
0: (laughs) But truly, if we want to live in a more authentic world, in a more, in actually a more, productive world. Yeah. We we don't need to put on a show anymore. And we can move the dial forward for each other, all of us collectively, to understanding that we don't have to pretend and that the more authentic we are, the more open we are. And we see it sometimes with younger generations, um, in in a, in a really good way is just enjoying work enjoying what we do with more of that beginner's mind, with the zest, with less armor, Mm. less armored up and toughness and defensiveness. So I was going to say too, something that's not mindful is if somebody, let's say somebody walked by you and snark, snarky comment, then you being all defensive. Well, I have to think afterwards. And this is such a knee jerk reaction. So it would be it would be 99.9% normal to respond like well i'm just thinking cuz i have to decompress over the after this and you, that you would defend yourself yep instead of just feeling like you didn't need to kind of accepting that someone didn't understand it and they gave you a snarky comment you could even just smile back at them like
2: that would Not be it. mindful too just you know what? Not to get off topic here. I think it's on topic, but and i I, I don't want to steal the show here, but i'm I'm just thinking of, you know it, whatever reason this is popping into my head, and I think maybe some listener out there needs to hear it. So, in our personal lives, I will often feel guilty if I have something good in my life and someone close to me doesn't.
0: It's mm, very right? common.
2: Did you hear that? Everybody, they both went, "Mm, yeah. (laughs) And I think this is very, you know, I don't know. This was, I, I, you know, I just, I was raised to be a people pleaser. I was very good at it. I was very good at making everybody else happy, taking care of everybody else. I'm still pretty good at it. I don't practice it as much because I don't want to, I, I want Mm -hmm. to, you know, this has been a journey. And just this weekend, I found myself in the presence of, um, you know, a, a person who, and again, I'm, I'm going, I'm being a, a bit judgmental here. Um, I'm taking some responsibility for somebody else's feelings too. So I'm catching myself with that. Um, because um, s- someone can say they're happy for you, but you kind of have that underlying like, oh, I don't know if they're really happy for me. They really want what I want. They're sad they don't have it, blah, blah, blah. And I find myself downplaying something in my life, um, to be like, Oh no, it's not that good. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my (laughs) God. That's a defensive, uh, defensive, Mm -hmm. um, you know, response. And it, so the reason I brought that up is because I, I think I needed to say it out loud to own it. Mm -hmm. And, um, also because I think that this is important because this is how it appears in our life. And I think, you know, maybe some people get overwhelmed because they hear mindfulness, they hear mindfulness, and they don't exactly know how it's showing up in their life. Like, there are those big hitters where we always know. But then there's these subtle things that happen. And we don't realize, like, that that statement to me, here I am a couple days later, and it's still kind of nagging at me. Mm -hmm. And that Mm -hmm. is causing me... um, resentfulness oh yeah there you go or even just
0: discomfort right or even regret over how you reacted we start thinking about it next thing you know we're ruminating about it right and then we're making ourselves small which is another we could even be undo another whole topic about that but it leads to two other qualities that are mindful that come into play here which is patience and trust so rather than you downplaying, you could mindfully just a, a couple of things, actually. Mindfulness would be, you know, sharing with a friend that it patience and trusting that the future will work out. Good things are going to happen for them, too. And it might not be now. It might be yes. not in this moment. Also... um. Because that brings into play equanimity too, which is this quality, this should be an everyday word and it's not, and it Mm. should be, is accepting what is, accepting the good and the bad of life and and not expecting that it's supposed to be all good. And if it's not good, you're doing something wrong and you're failing.
2: Yep. Can't say that enough.
1: And there's enough for everyone. Yes, We, We hear that in our law of attraction followings and, and other things that we believe in. And I know you personally. So I would say when you feel like that, what would you tell a person who came to you and said, this is what's happening. You wouldn't even let them consider it for a second to, you know, feel any less. I know that. Right.
2: Absolutely.
1: So You're putting in the work and you're reaping the benefits of that work, right? So you can't do the job for everybody else. And you know that, you you know, I I, I understand (laughs) that you're, you're moving the energy by talking about it. Yeah. Um, and And I
0: go ahead. The mindful person too, because there's trust, patience, acceptance, non-judgment is your, your, persona, your, your vibe, if you will, is going to bring that person comfort. Mm. You know, ultimately your comfort level with who you are, your authenticity, just wraps up a lot of what we talked about to, all together is something that you don't have to make yourself smaller, but you can be with that person and hear them and see them so that they feel seen and heard and that, but there's also that trust and patience that they are going through to, to get themselves to this better place, this future. I like to say to clients, the future is fiction until it gets here. Use your imagination for your good, not your detriment. Wow. That was nice. So, so say today, um, I'm looking for a job. I don't have a job. If that's the case and I'm feeling really blue blue, my friend Lori has got all these great things happening for her. It's the mind might very naturally go to it, it's all downhill from here. Um, things are never gonna get better. You're not gonna find a job, you're not gonna find a significant other. Who who do you think you are? You're and then you know, that whole inner critic starts going. So, but that's all fiction. So we might as well use it for our good. The future is fiction. So use, use your imagination, which is exactly what you're using to think about the future for your good. And that's the law of attraction. Put it on put your brain on what you want, not what you don't want.
1: And the other thing is by by not, you know, being less in the situation to make everybody else feel better, you're setting that boundary where they know they they can't push your button anymore because they know they're doing it. They know what your response is going to be when it's the why me or poor me or whatever. And so if you're going to cater to them, I know once you stop that, like just nip it in the bud, you know, then they're going to think about that next time. Like, well, maybe I'm not going to be so whiny because now... I've got to do the work, you know, to, mm-hmm. to really get those things. and
0: and let's just say our friend, your friend, is true in a really bad place. Like earlier, we talked about that really stressed, multitasking person that's got to do that or they don't fall on their face. Now now we have the scenario where it's a friend's in a bad place, and you happen to be having some joy and successes, and it it and it feels uncomfortable. There is. The, the, also, the concept of the seed being planted. It's mm-hmm. dark there. It's dark there, but then then the shoots bloom, and the seed blooms. So sometimes we're being planted when we're in those dark times. Sometimes we're working something out, and it's things are working through us. And so again, trust and patience to fall back on those qualities, those virtues. We always knew they were virtues, but then we became completely indoctrinated in this fast, more is better society, right? distrusting or cynical or all, all of that rolled up in one. So and as we go forward into the next aspects um, of mindfulness too, letting go, maybe we in that dark time to use that for an example, we're letting go of the way we thought the plan was going to go the way we thought it was going to go our plan hmm. and yep <laughs> and but there is a plan for us and and so it just might not go the way you thought it would go and i you know just being here as a coach talking to you on a podcast is not how i envisioned my career and of course there's so much depth there that we can go into in right. different episodes <laughs> but it's it was a path that I hadn't necessarily laid out before um earlier in my life. I wouldn't have foreseen this in my imagination. I which did is not the best it. part. Which is the best part, right? Right. Right. Another quality. So letting go. We know that's difficult, but that in that could be a whole episode. Yeah, too, we
2: might have to take an episode. we might that, have to. Make a, road, yeah. make a note.
0: Make a note. That's gonna be a good one. Non-striving is another aspect of mindfulness another quality of mindfulness. Oh, please explain. Yeah, this is, this is one that flies right in the face of Western culture. Um, no pain, no gain and work and achieve and climb, but non-striving is sometimes what we need to do to let things happen. It's, it's a bit, if you've ever heard of uh, surrender spoken in a good way. Right. So I, there were moments, the plan wasn't going my way and I had to stop and I had to surrender for a moment and say, I don't see the clear path. I don't know exactly what's going on. Um, sometimes our efforting isn't all good. We can over effort and anyone listening who's ever overdone, we could overdone cooking. Well, it's Lori overdone overdid the spinach <laughs> I
1: mean, it was overdid
0: it, it was overdid it, it, broccoli is a very sturdy hard vegetable and that poor wilty spinach went in too early <laughs> so you no know, again these are great <laughs> visuals of these small things it, this somewhat reminds me of veggie tales but <laughs> i love but, it but the non-striving, some things, in some ways we're being done. Well, we're all doing, 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 and busy, busy, and fast, and oh, what I'm not worthy if I'm not keeping up. Well, in some ways, we're being done too. And, and and things are happening through us. And there's a much more miraculous quality of life than our striving for everything. And there's no greater example too of someone who is in a bad way, is in a very, very dark night um, at, and time period in their life. A lot of striving can't get you out of there. It's actually the non-striving and it's the the surrender and it's that quiet and stillness and patience and trust that gets you into a better place. So non-striving is a harder concept to grasp, but we don't more efforting is not always better. Uh, Maybe we could. Oh, go ahead.
1: No, I am the example of this Uh, immediately clear that you are talking about me to me. This is the message from the universe directly to me (laughs) from your lips. Um, I am just because, a chance yeah, it, exactly what you are for this message, because as I'm thinking it, you're saying it and I'm like, Holy shit. She's talking about me. So like when you go to a psychic and they're like, okay, who in the room has, you know, <laughs> a dog with a blue collar. I am the person in the room. I don't know how to not strive. And, and so and you both can attest to this as can 7,000 episodes of every podcast I've been on that we've been doing for the last year of my impatience for that of uh, Mm -hmm. surrender. I, maybe that's my next step. And I've done it a couple of times where it actually worked out very successfully. I, I surrender. I don't know what's next. And I got an answer, but I forget to ask.
0: So Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. thank you for reminding me. Here's another good visual. You would not put your kayak in a stream and go upstream. Mm-hmm. You would go downstream. I forget
1: right I forget every time
2: it, it, and that's really true. like that's what people is that how you kayak?
1: Well, I kayak
2: on a lake, so there's no stream, but I get it. Why fight the why fight the current? I would be the person who would try to go in there and be like, try to do it. honest to God, I would. I just, I don't know what the heck, what that, some kind of crazy whatever in my head. Yeah. So we we got to definitely talk about the the letting go and non-striving in another episode.
0: So in another great way, not to take too much time on non-striving, but another great is water itself. Water is one of the most powerful elements in the whole world. We need it. It's one of the most important things in the whole world. It does not go above people. It always flows to the lowest place. So it flows to the lowest place, but it doesn't mean it's weak and it's powerless. Mm. So the last aspect is compassion. And so our compassion, our wanting to alleviate someone else's suffering is also an aspect of mindfulness. And in many ways, we use mindfulness to alleviate our own suffering. When we, again, to reiterate the definition, when we observe the present moment non judgmentally, we are alleviating our suffering. Because almost always in that moment, we are okay. We are more okay than not okay. And a mindful expression is, as long as you are breathing, you are. there is more right with you than wrong with you.
2: Mm. Can you say that again?
0: As long as you are breathing, there is more right with you than wrong with you.
2: We got it. Just beautiful. Just beautiful.
0: I know. And
1: to take a moment out of your day and just remember that simple couple of words could change your perspective so quickly. And there are some people who I often think about that kind of stuff. Like I park when you have to park far away from the mall because there's no spaces and everybody gets so pissed off. And the first thing I think of is thank God my legs work. Like I can walk Mm -hmm. there, can do those things. And I try to keep those things in my mind, but it is difficult without practice. So That's really all you can ask of someone
0: to do is just practice, right? And when we talk about practice, and in our final moments here, just some, some literal techniques for mindfulness. You can eat mindfully, which simply means taste your food, pay attention to the food you're eating when you're eating it, smell it, notice the textures. Maybe don't do three other things while you're eating, reading a magazine or checking your emails. It's okay. Of course, sometimes we do that. A lot of the time we do that. But if you want to eat mindfully and if you want to practice mindfulness, that's a great, great one to start with. If you wanted to mindfully do chores, what I would suggest is be with that activity there's nothing else you need to do at that moment. So I hate doing dishes, but when I mindfully do the dishes, I notice the soap and I notice the warm water and how it feels. I notice that I can turn on the water and get clean water, get clean hot water. And I really pay attention to that. And I pay attention to even the, the glasses and the, the plates and how they feel the textures. So those are a couple of ways to be mindful. We can mindfully parent our children by really paying attention to them and not a lot of other things while they're talking to us. And again, we talked about work. Try some single tasking at work or blocks on your calendar where you can focus. And to remember to be mindful Maybe we do that from meeting to meeting, whether they're Zoom or in person. Note an ending and note the beginning and become fully where you are. Maybe take a moment, focus on your breath between the end of the last meeting and the beginning of the first meeting or the next meeting that you're in. These seem like such small things, but they can be huge things and huge healing things for your brain that's overstressed and overstimulated. Mm.
2: Wonderful. Really, really wonderful to hear all of this today, Kim. Just amazing. Thank you.
0: Well, thank you both because it's always such an enjoyable conversation with the two of you and I appreciate you so much. You are wonderful human beings.
1: And we're so glad you show up every week to chat with us and remind us of the mindful things because we all need to be reminded, right? I think people get worried about that. So, thank Absolutely. you for. Absolutely.
0: So if you think- forget, don't worry. Don't okay. worry. We'll be. We'll- ta- it's everything's interconnected. We'll be talking about a lot more of that. Yeah,
1: every Tuesday when a new episode of Find Your Center drops. So make sure you tune in on the slightly unmeditated channel, and tell your friends.
0: Absolutely. And you can reach out to me at kperone at center4c.com or connect through the Slightly Unmeditated Facebook page or Instagram page or email good vibes at slightlyunmeditated.com. And please ask us coaching questions. We will absolutely use it for an upcoming show. So that's all the time we have for tonight. Thank you so much. I'm Kim Perone, helping you to find your center. Each time you do, you build a better world. My heart is full. Thank you for listening. I look forward to connecting with you again. Until next time, I wish you clarity, compassion, and contentment.